I'm Gavin Scott, your host. Welcome to the Stay Outstanding podcast, the show that shares wisdom and gifts knowledge, motivates you to be your authentic self, influences you to fulfill your true potential, encourages you to take action, and inspires you to step into your greatness. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm so grateful to have here today my guest, Jim Marshall, who is the author of Septemic's Hierarchy of Human Phenomenon. Jim, what is Septemic's? Septemic's is a philosophical science based on the fact that many phenomena related to human beings occur in a sequence of seven levels. Literally, the word septemics means of or pertaining to seven. Septemics comprises a collection of scales or sequences, each of which breaks down various human phenomena into a hierarchy of seven steps. There are 35 such scales which span the spectrum of human experience. Now, what I mean by span the spectrum of human experience is there is no situation that's going to arise for a human being to which one of these or more than one of these 35 skills will not apply, meaning it's universally applicable. There are 24 skills which apply primarily to individuals and 11 skills which apply primarily to groups. The scales themselves vary tremendously from scale to scale. But of course, in order to have a subject that spans the spectrum of human experience, you would have to have scales that were very different from one another. Every one of these scales uh, will blow the mind of the reader because this is getting into a whole new subject that apparently has been unknown until I stumbled across it. Amazing, amazing. Um, Could you just talk us through the seven scales a bit more? And you talked about how if we could acknowledge just one scale, how mind-blown we would be, um, could you tell us why? Okay, well, 35 scales, each scale has seven levels. Uh, and each one is a different axis of human phenomena. See, in order to correctly evaluate a person, there are many axes to measure a person. Some people are high on one scale and low on another. I mean, that is the norm. For example, uh, Einstein was a genius. That's level one on the scale of human ability, okay? On the scale of basic purposes, he was not at the top of the scale, which is uh, saint. He was a little further down. He was maybe at level two or three. He may even have been a level four, but I haven't made a study of him in order to determine that. Uh, What happened was I was working for decades as a human development engineer very successfully. My clients were very happy with the work I did for them. Some of them I worked with for hundreds and hundreds of hours over a period of years. And as I was doing this, I started to observe that when they would improve, they would improve in ways that were predictable to me. Now, I never said that to them, 
but I noted these facts. And so after a while, I had these various scales of various lengths that had been written down. And when a person would be moving on a scale as a result of our interaction, I would know what level he was gonna to go to because I could see the level he was at. One of the axioms of the subject is that you can only move to an adjacent level. Now, sometimes it may seem that you skip the level, but that is impossible. Uh, sometimes you'll go through levels quickly or easily, but you went through nevertheless. This is actually extremely helpful because this solves a problem that has been the bane of human existence for the, since the beginning of society, which is the gradient. What is the gradient? You see, it's impossible to lose 100 pounds. However, you can lose one pound 100 times. And this is true for everything. You have to have the right gradient in order to succeed. Now, good teachers know this. Uh, a good math teacher will know how to take his students through algebra from step one, step two, step three, and put all the gradients in. So by the end of the term, they all know algebra, okay? That's gradients. So uh, a bad teacher will fumble around and not know all the gradients and it'll be hard for the students. So my job as human development engineer was to, was to know the right gradient for my client. Now this was before the idea of systemics even existed. So I can tell you, I have been writing down these scales and I had an epiphany in 1995. There's a specific scale that I knew was correct to the extent that I had it. It had six levels and I knew they were correct in the order they were in. However, in 1995, I discovered a seventh level. This was a mind blower for me. Now, the reason I didn't discover it until late is because it's a level that really makes no sense to most people. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. So I, I could see that this, scale, this level inserted into the middle of the scale. In other words, it wasn't extrapolated, it was interpolated. When I inserted it, the whole scale clicked in mathematically. I have a hard science background. I took 26 semesters of math. And when I saw this appear mathematically, I knew that I was looking at natural law. Then I said, wait a minute, I have all these other scales. And I wonder if many of these are also actually seven level scales. Only one of the remaining scales actually had seven levels. The remainder did not add fewer. So I said, okay, I'm gonna look at these other scales. Now, because I knew what I was looking for, it was fairly easy for me to find the remaining levels on all these other scales. And voila, in a couple of months, I had about 32 seven level scales. Then I realized this is a subject. This is a whole new thing. Now, I worked on this book for 25 years in consultation with some very brilliant associates of mine. And I started passing around the transcript to my students, my clients, uh, friends of mine, and getting feedback. The feedback to this from day one was astonishingly positive. I mean, I'm talking about people with graduate degrees from major universities, in some cases, elite universities. And they were blown away by this. They said, this is fantastic. And so did 
the just general people that I looked, they, it, they blew their minds. If you go to my website, you'll see there are comments from about 10 or 12 readers as to what their reaction was. I mean, obviously I just put in a sentence or two and the comments were all different, but they're all extremely positive. Also on my website is uh, articles from many people who have looked at the book and interviewed me and the, the responses were all extremely positive. Also, there are reviews on my website. So if you go to the website, you'll find out what the subject is about. And just so that anyone uh, listening can go to the website, the website is? Septemix.com. That's S-E-P-T-E-M-I-C-S.com. Awesome. And um, how can we put this into like an everyday context or use it as an everyday tool for the average Joe? Okay. I wrote this book to help people. I was helping people by the hundreds in my career as a human development engineer. Now I'm helping people by the millions with this book because anyone who can read English reasonably well can use this book. This book alone, it has everything in it you need to help you to improve yourself, your life, and the people around you. Each of these 35 scales provides the user with an infallible way of determining the salutariness or beneficialness of any group activity or individual. If the group individual or activity moves the person or group up these scales, it's beneficial or positive. If it moves them down, it's detrimental or negative. Moreover, just finding out what level you, another person, or some group is at is by itself enlightening and beneficial. Finally, once you actual level of a person or group you can improve that personal group by moving them up one level at a time. All of these advantages represent major steps forward for society. Each of these scales is an axis against which to evaluate human behavior, whether it's your own or another's or a group's. Combined, they empower one to understand, predict, and manage human affairs to a degree hitherto unattainable by most. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Jim, I can't wait to um, actually buy a copy of your book. We are, I'm not sure whether you know, doing a prize draw in celebration of the end of series one. And um, anyone that's been on the show that is an author, uh, we're going to buy their book and put it in this prize draw. And somebody is going to win the whole bundle. So, I'm pleased to say that your book's going to be in there and um, it will continue to circulate and change lives. Um, Good. Thank you. Um, how can we use this to predict human events? Okay. Well, first of all, you have to realize that there are 35 scales. Each one is unique. And... The scales themselves, if you just look at them, will open up your mind because they will introduce you to concepts that you probably didn't know. Now, you may know bits and pieces of the scales, but the, the entire scale is an epiphany and there are 35 of them. So if you can plot yourself at any particular level, it explains who you are, what you are, what you're doing, where you're going. And then 
I explain very carefully and specifically in the book how to use the book to move yourself up one level. So you now have improved your life. So depending on what scale it is, your ability, your condition will improve as a result of moving up one step. And that's the key because most people, even if they know what the situation is, they don't really know what to do about it. And this book solves that problem. And I can tell you, anybody who comprehends this book and uses it will have an impact on society, a positive impact, because not only will he improve himself, he necessarily will use this book to help the people around him. He'll use it to help his wife, his kids, his students, his business partners, his associates. That happens. That's going to happen with anybody who gets this book. Because there are 35 tools, each of which is extremely powerful. And so you can come into any situation. You could have a business just as a septemicist going into situations and counseling people. Okay, so on this scale, you're doing fine, but on this scale, you're not. So let's find out what level you're at and improve that one level, and you will get consistent results. So what, what this sounds like to me, which is amazing, is it's a tool of measurability. So to make progress in life or to grow, as we like to call it in the mindset arena, um, you need to be able to make measurable progress because if you're not measuring it, you can't possibly know if you're making progress. So this sounds like a really good tool. Um, I, I, I must admit that I haven't read the book. I would have liked to have read the book before we met today, but I haven't. Um, that would have given me a much greater insight. Um, have you got a copy of the book with you? Yes. Would you like to read a paragraph from any page? Okay. Uh, I will do that. But before I do, I want to say that if you're familiar with the periodic table of chemistry, mm-hmm. which was in, invented by Mendeleev, okay, that revolutionized chemistry. That is now the heart and soul of teaching and learning chemistry, okay? You have to look at the periodic table. You can't talk to somebody about it. You can put the whole of the world of chemistry, all the elements in the proper frame of reference on this one piece of paper and look at it and see all the elements in the universe on this one piece of paper and why they are there. And it explains chemistry to you very well. Okay, each one of these 35 scales is just like that. You have to look at it. Each one is in uh, is, is expressed in a matrix. So when you look at it, you see the seven levels, but then it goes across and it explains the significance of the levels, what they mean, how they interact. In some cases, scales even relate to other scales and are plotted alongside one another. But as I said, every scale is unique, so you have to study them. But uh, you want me to read something about this? I would like to read the, the uh, table of contents just to tell you what the scales are, okay? This is the order in which they appear in the book. 
the scale of basic purposes, the scale of personal influence, the scale of choice, the scale of permeation, the scale of thought, the scale of identity, the scale of evaluation, the scale of motivation, the scale of control, the scale of stopping, the scale of scholarship, the scale of literacy, the scale of human ability, the scale of memory, the scale of spiritual identity, the scale of mental deletion, the scale of aberration, the scale of physical fitness, the scale of justification, the scale of belief, the scale of equanimity, the scale of attack, the scale of conflict, the scale of reaction. Now those are the 24 individual scales. Would you like me to read the 11 group scales? Sure, I'm intrigued, that'd be great. The group scales are the scale of relationships, the scale of life spheres, the scale of government, the scale of civilization, the scale of survival, the scale of management, the scale of exchange, the scale of communication, the scale of allegiance, the scale of sexuality, and the scale of politics. That just gives you a little bit of a, of a hint at how, trust me, I've been working with this for 25 years. Nothing is left out. Now, that all of this just fell out into me. And because of my polymathic background, I was able to see what was there and discover this phenomenon and then construct a philosophic system from it and then express it in a book. Writing the book was very difficult because I was uh, determined to write a book that would help anybody who can read English and wants to get better. I think there are about 2 billion people who can read English on earth, okay? And so from that, not all of them want to improve themselves. There are people who don't want to improve themselves. Uh, there are very downscale people who are only interested in money or sex or fame or power or whatever. Not anything to do with self-improvement. There are such people. But the majority of the people of Earth want to improve themselves and want to improve the people around them. They want to help their children and their buddies and their cousins and whatever. They want to help them. And I have been doing this as a profession for really most of my adult life. And then as a result of that, discover this phenomena, put it into a book that was thoroughly researched. You have to realize seven levels and 35 scales and 245 different levels. Each one had to be verified and then expressed in a way that people would understand. It's an 87,000 word book. So I went word by word to make sure I was using a word that people would connect with. So of course, intellectuals, uh, academics, professors can read this book, but also the general public can read this book. So was, that, that took a lot of work to express it in a way that it would get to both groups of people. Amazing. Um... Normally I have so many questions, but I'm kind of just completely blown away because it's just such a, a, a huge and actually important topic, you know. Um, let's just go. I was looking at one of the topics. One of the, so <clears throat> this really interests me, the scale of choice. Yes. 
Now, good choice, because you always hear about freedom, 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 all right? When you study history, that's been the theme. Everybody wants to be free, whether you're talking about groups or individuals, right? That's the eternal struggle. Yeah. Well, freedom, freedom is the power of choice. If you can choose, you're free. Like if a guy is in prison, he can't choose very much. He can't choose what food he's going to get. He can't choose where he's going to go, right? His choices are very narrow. But a person who's out, like we are, has many choices. So freedom is about choice. The scale of choice is extremely important because this is something inherent in the person. For example, there are people who cannot and will not make a choice, don't want to make a choice. Now, this makes no sense to most people. These are the people who will vote for Hitler, Mussolini, Pol Pot, Mao, Stalin. They want somebody else to make the choice. Okay? They don't want to stand on their own two legs and make the choice. In order to make a choice, you have to be responsible. There are people, very downscale people, who will not do that. Now, this book is not going to reach those people because they're not up to really making a choice. Mm. They want somebody else to make their choice. But most people are higher than that on the scale. Now, this scale in particular is really an interesting scale because it goes through the seven different levels of choice that a person can be at. And without this scale, no one, in other words, you cannot anticipate this. You would have no clue what this really is about without looking at the scale, because there are things in it that are, uh, until you study it, really wouldn't make any sense to you. I'm gonna have to get a copy of the book for myself, Jim. Quite literally. Um, the power of choice. I mean, it's an interesting one. You say there are people that don't actually want to make the choice, but we all have a choice, don't we? Well, of course, every living organism has potential to choose. But the point of the scale is that not everybody is at the same level. Uh, let me open to that section since you asked about it, and I, I can be specific. So the lowest level is no choice possible. This is oblivion. Uh, this person has almost no freedom or responsibility. That's level seven. Okay? There are people down there, like people who are in insane asylum. Then six is a group's choice, which is collectivism. These are people who, who are communists. In other words, the group is gonna decide. They're not gonna decide. The group, the state is gonna decide. So there's no individual choice there. It's collectivism. Level five is another's choice. This is what I call robotism. There are people who are like robots. They'll do what you tell them to do, you know. Uh, they really have no power of choice of their own. They, it's, they're not collectivists, but they will op operate on another's choice. Like a lot of small children are like that. You know, they, they're not up to making a choice. 
which one should I eat, daddy? Okay, eat this one. So up from that is any choice but one's own. This is the level of irresponsibility. So this person will make a choice, but it will not be his own. These, these are the people who are kind of trendy, like, oh, well, crew cuts are in, so I'm going to get a crew cut. He's not making a choice there. He's just going along. In other words, somebody else is deciding for him. Or it could be like, well, uh, everybody I hang out with is a Republican, so I'm going to be a Republican. He's not making a choice. He's just doing it to because other people are doing it. Up from that is level three, one's own choice. This is what many people would think of as selfishness. I don't want chocolate. I want vanilla. Okay, that's, that's level three. That's one's own choice. Above that is any choice. This person is essentially aloof. This person doesn't really care. He doesn't care if it's vanilla or chocolate. You know, what ice cream would you care? Would you like? I don't care, whatever you got. That's a higher level. See, that person is really free. And the highest choice is no choice necessary, which is transcendence. A transcendent person doesn't even have to make a choice. That is a person uh, like a guru or uh, some very uh, ascendant spiritual person who he doesn't really care. You know, it's like, uh, you want to execute me? Okay, you can execute me. He doesn't, he doesn't care if you execute him or not because he's transcendent. He's above it. This is beyond aloofness. This is transcendence, okay? So those are the seven levels. Now, the other thing you have to realize is the mathematical factor of this because if you go back and analyze, you will see level one is one viewpoint. Level two is many viewpoints. Level three is one viewpoint. Level four is many viewpoints. Level five is one viewpoint. Level six is many viewpoints. And level seven is one viewpoint. That's mathematical. You cannot get it wrong once you realize that, that you, the person alternates between one viewpoint and many viewpoints. You see, like the person who's transcendent, he has one viewpoint. And his viewpoint is, I'm free. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't bother me. The person below that, any choice, level two, he has many viewpoints. In other words, I don't care what kind of ice cream you serve. You have 40 flavors. Okay, give me whatever. So there are many viewpoints. You follow me? And that is, and so it's sort of like one viewpoint is sort of like a withdrawal from, and many viewpoints is like a reaching. So this is like an alternation between reaching and withdrawing, reaching and withdrawing, or from a physical science point of view, you could call it an alternation between inflow, outflow, inflow, outflow. Because when you withdraw, that's an inflow. And when you reach, that's an outflow. So you see, this is mathematical. And because of that, as an engineer, I was able to verify this is correct. I would bet my life that these scales are correct because I, I spent 25 years verifying them and studying them every different way. And they all have some mathematical aspect to them that makes them inarguably correct. In other words, the Pythagorean theorem existed before Earth existed. 
Now, Pythagoras propounded it 2,500 years ago. And after Earth is not here anymore, the Pythagorean theorem will still be true. It is a law of nature. It is inherent to the human condition, to the physical universe. Well, these scales are inherent to human phenomena. And these are the ones that I found, that I verified, that I know are correct. And I can absolutely guarantee, whether you like the way I presented them or not, the scales themselves are correct. Amazing, Jim, amazing. Um, where can anyone get a copy of your book if they would like to get one? Very easy to find. If you just put the word septemics into a search engine, you'll get a flood of responses. All the people selling the book, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Author House, the publisher. Uh, also, uh, if you go to septemics.com, there's an immense amount of information about how to get the book, what the book is about, and so forth. And it would sort of introduce you to what people have said about it, what people have thought about it. Even some sections of the book are on the website. So you can even read part of it uh, in an explanatory way. Awesome. So and it's very easy to find. Awesome. And I'm assuming if anyone wanted to reach out to you, they could find you at septemics.com or yep. perhaps LinkedIn maybe? I'm on LinkedIn also. Okay, cool. But if you go to septemics.com, my email address is there. You can contact me. So oh. if, you, if you or anyone else has a question about this, you know, what do you mean on page 75 by blah, 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 you can write me and ask me and I will respond. That's because great. my mission is to help the people of Earth. I've been doing it as an individual. And now that I have discovered this subject, I'm giving it to the people of Earth and I wrote the book in such a way that they themselves can use it. You don't need anybody else. You don't need a degree. You don't need anybody to help you. If you know how to read English and you study the book, you will be able to use it to improve your life in an open-ended way. There's no real limit. And the reason I say that is there are virtually no humans who are at or near the top of every scale. No, I, I totally get that. And I can, I can see that just from the way that you explain scale of choice. Um, Jim, you're a very gracious and giving man. Uh, thank you so much for your time and for your energy and your passion. It really does shine through in our conversation. So thank you. Just one last question for you before we go. What does stay outstanding mean to you? It means have and keep high standards. Don't lower your standards to other people. You know, just because other people are doing things doesn't mean you have to do it. Uh, I urge all of my clients, all of my friends, set and keep high standards. You know, like for example, the Ten Commandments. They set standards for behavior, okay? It's not the whole world, but it's a reasonable place to start. They set standards as things you should do and things you should not do. And of course, there are many other systems or frames of reference. You can also set your own standards. But many people are dragged down into the bowels of society by lowering their standards, by saying, 
eh, everybody else is doing it, so I'm going to do it too. And I don't think that's right. I think the ethical thing is when you know something is right, stick to your guns. Even if you pay a price for it, you are better off. And that's really what all the great religions teach, that if you have integrity and you do the right thing, you will ultimately be rewarded, not necessarily in this world, maybe in the next. Thank you so much, Jim. That's great. And just once again, thank you for your time and your passion and all the work that you've done on behalf of everybody here uh, on Earth and for their own, uh, own improvement. So thank you once again. Thank you, Gavin. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.